take your Christmas vacation, mm-hmm. your Thanksgiving vacation, and you go work and do the test runs. Mm. If it's not working, it may not work, but you're going to start learning something. The most, thing, the, the best thing you're going to learn is this for you. You get out there and drive the trucks because you see people making money and you ain't no truck driver. Get your behind back in the office, man. <laughs> That's a fact. Until you figure out what yeah. you're going to be able to do. You're not no truck driver, man. I done told several people that. Mm. Well, you ain't no truck driver. Stop it. You, you just want to chase the bag. Thank you so much for watching the Work and Play podcast. This episode is sponsored by the Boss Up Conference, which is a community for entrepreneurs, CEOs, celebrities, and corporate executives to come together, network, and solve some problems. Thank y'all so much for being supporters of the Work and Play podcast. And thank you for watching the Work and Play podcast and all the episodes before. Now let's get back to the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Work and Play podcast. I'm your host, Ariel, and we're about to have the best episode of the Work and Play podcast ever. I'm just going to claim it. We're going to claim it, right? Oh, you'll claim it. So, Mr. Alex. Alex Bostic is here with me today. Would you would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Alexander Bostic and I'm a wolf. You are a wolf. You want to start just like that? Yes. And let me tell you what I learned about wolves because I have done a lot of research. Um when I when I so first I started learning about lions because right. for a long time people were like, "Oh, you got a little masculine energy." Da, 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 da. I'm like, "No, nah, I'm a lion. Just because you're a gazelle does not mean that, that makes me masculine. It just makes me a lion. Right. You're a gazelle." Right. Then I said, "Hmm." <clears throat> I don't know if a lion really resonates with my spirit. So I had to do a little bit more research. I learned about wolves. Right. And what wolf, the difference between a wolf and a lion, lions hang out in pride. They're very individualistic characters. In packs. They they hang out in packs. Yep. But when the male is done, the male is done. They they walk, they do what they gotta do. And right. the, the women, they kind of take care of themselves. It's cool, but they uh-huh. kind of they do fend for themselves, and if they don't have a male to help them take down the buffalo, they die. Say all that to say wolves stick together. That's right. They have a value system right lions don't have a value system right so when you say the wolf what do you mean i mean two different things about one wolf right and those people that follow me and watch my live they understand what i'm gonna say but a wolf the mindset of a wolf Mm -hmm. if you standing behind me i'm going to protect you if you're standing beside me i'm going to respect you if you're standing in front of me you're my op i'm going to destroy you (laughs) oh shoot so okay. let's pick which one you want to be. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's about. Also, my good friend Jerry, he told me the story between the dog and the wolf. You heard that story before? I have not. Okay. Uh, there's a story that goes with the dog and the wolf. The dog sees the wolf and he says, man, why are you so scrawny and, you know, and doing, you know, so skinny? And the wolf said, I have the forage for my food. Mm-hmm. And the wolf said, why are you so plump? He said, I have an owner. He said, I get three meals a day. I got benefits. When it's cold, I go inside. When it's a good day, I go outside. So he says, you want to come see how I live? He said, okay, fine. We see how you live you see the owner he said i have an owner they have kids and the wolf asked the dog what is that around your neck he said that's my collar i'm on a chain i can't go anywhere now so he so so he said you can't go nowhere the wolf takes off and runs the whole story behind it is if you are the dog that puts you in the mindset now this was jerry telling me because jerry called me the wolf Hmm. he said alex you're a wolf he telling me so i'm like what are you gonna say so the end of the the end of the uh, story is the wolf takes off but the dog is actually the employee that stays on the job that gets all the benefits but never can go anywhere mm. on vacation mm-hmm. they got to ask permission to go this place that place mm-hmm. but they get fed very well the wolf if we don't grind we don't eat 
Facts. If we don't get out and forage for our food, we don't eat. Facts. So when it comes together, that's why I like to work with entrepreneurs because we are a pack together. Yes. We're all trying to get the kill, but at the same time, when we eat, we still got to go to our different ways. So that's why I say I'm a wolf because a lot of people try to say, what do you do? Mm -hmm. I say, I just grind and hustle. That's all I know how to do. Yeah. And you know what? That goes back to the whole thing. The, your first reason why you're a wolf and how you explained it so eloquently, which I wish I could. But if you are behind me, I protect you. If you're on the side of me, I respect you and if you're in front of me you the ah. oh yeah Ooh, I, got I, I gotta come get you because if, if you my teammate you you win facts or you trying to help me accomplish a goal right at the end of the day mm -hmm. but if you're in front of me now why are you against me yeah you get what i'm saying that's so the value system i always I always learned it you know they say that you're the crab and the, i don't want to keep going with these analogies because i got it you know <laughs> <laughs> They always say, you know, the crab in the bucket, they always try to pull you down. But I say it's actually three crabs. You got a crab that's trying to get out, mm -hmm. right? You got a crab that's pulling that person down so they want to get out. Yes. Right? Then you got the crab that's on the top of the pot throwing rocks to make sure you don't get that, don't get out. So you got people in life that make sure you don't even get out. That's a fact. Have you always thought this strategic? Huh? All, all the time. This right here, this <laughs> this right here is the this is the epitome of why I had you like I really was excited for you to come on and join me on the podcast. Because when we met, you talked about your journey and how you would prefer to go through the system, right? To right. go through a system and, and really prove your work ethic as mm -hmm. opposed to relying on any type of relationships any type of um you know social capital right. as opposed to your work ethic and your own value right which goes ties back to the way the wolf operates there you go when it comes to uh this is the last thing i'm gonna say about wolves because i did not know you was gonna say that but when you say like you operate as a team as entrepreneurs i really do feel like we have to understand the order of things mm -hmm. right um wolves operate with that that order mm -hmm. but when i think it has to be understood among the other wolves hey right. what the actual order is without right. feeling like there's any type of animosity right so getting into it when you feel like like when you operate with entrepreneurs how do you navigate managing that that value system with people who new entrepreneurs like myself right. who don't necessarily know what that order is or right. how to operate everybody got to understand and realize what do they want mm. what do you want out of the deal because if you feel like you're not getting what you want out of the deal you're going to act different you're going to act out of character mm -hmm. you got to establish that up front partnerships partnerships are key because you got to understand what you want out of the deal mm -hmm. are you getting a partner just to say somebody is helping me you could have mm -hmm. did this by yourself and paid somebody to do what they're going to do mm -hmm. you get what i'm saying so yeah. we understand what do we want out of the deal this is the end goal so once you know what you want i know what i want out of the deal we're going to work together and anything that conflicts that we're going to meet together and say look this is what we said at the beginning got it to come back to communication right because with the wolf thing the whole thing is to attack the bison mm. that's why the wolves are so important mm -hmm. because they attack the kill one of the largest animals that's out there but as a pack we can kill it together right. so once we kill it i just want my piece and go back and feed my family you just want your piece we understand what we want we want to kill we want to survive because at the end of the day we're trying to make it out of the system we're trying to make it out of the system bingo so when it comes to the system let's let's get into your story a little <clears throat> bit so when i met you or right. when i say met you when i was become a became aware of you um you were sharing your story on donnie wiggins live mm -hmm. and you donnie made me famous man did she yeah donnie made me famous listen i went to social i went to the social food podcast and then everybody was like i know you i said you do not know me there's no way you know me. Facts. They say, yes, you do. You was on Donnie's podcast. I'm like, why? Who is Donnie? I didn't know she was this famous. 
So Donnie made me, she made me famous. You know, I just, I appreciate Donnie for that. But yes, so you did see me on the podcast. Yes. And the way you capitalize on that moment, you, I think you spoke for about 15 seconds. So for everybody to have like, yes. So, and this is the thing. I don't know if this is a wolf thing, but because I'm, I'm, I'm more of an in the moment. I explore, I experience, right? I know right. what my values are. So I'm here to get what I'm getting. And then people experience me, right? right. The way you showed up, she put you on a live. You, and this is how you told your story. And this is what captivated me. You right. said, um, when I used to work in, um, when I used to be in, uh, Miami, I, my, my older brother used to play football with Rick Ross. Right. And I used to carry their, uh, shoulder pads back to, and I wasn't sure what you said back to the locker room. The locker room. Got gotcha. right. Um, you said when you got to Atlanta, you didn't go straight to Rick Ross, even though you knew him. Right. You decided to apply for a bid for the, the job because right. you had already had your court, your company at the time. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to fill in some gaps for me but you decided to bid for the job go mm-hmm. through the process and as soon as you got the bid you introduce yourself hey i used to know you when i was younger absolutely so from that point what what that spoke to me was this is a man who's willing to let his work ethic speak for itself mm-hmm. i'm a big relationship person but mm-hmm. i don't like to let i don't leverage relationships in the way that some people like opportunistically do absolutely so that spoke to me right and now that we're talking about values, it's like, okay, there's strategy, but then there's also you being zoned out. So that's right. how I got introduced to you. Right. So when so when it comes to like your journey, I'm curious to know how you started to develop this way, like how you developed your value system. Let's start with let's start with first of all, mm-hmm. um, because you are a wolf and I'm sure you know your values and what you want to get out of things. Right. What would you say are your like do you have a top five value list? What guides your decision making? Uh what guides my decision making? Yes. <clears throat> Others people's other people's failures. Okay. <laughs> You got you like to get real cryptic with the answers. We're gonna dig into this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Other people's failures. Because mm-hmm. well, you know, and of course, you know, in the Bible, you have a lot of success and you have failures. Mm-hmm. But you know, you have to dive in and say, what are some things that people failed at? Okay. Certain kings, certain malachs, they failed at certain things. As somebody that's looking back in history, if you don't capitalize on that, you're gonna become that same person. In business, you have people that succeed and people that fail. Mm-hmm. So I like to find out what people did wrong i don't like to hear success stories a lot of times because the people that are successful they rarely tell you how they are successful but you always hear about the failures Mm -hmm. so you could take those things and you could build up say you know what i'm not gonna do this i'm not gonna do that so one thing that guides me is that with my with my rule i can't go against my beliefs my core value and my beliefs some things that guide me because a lot of time in business, people compromise on what they believe to get what they want. I don't do that. Since I moved to Atlanta, I have not worked a Saturday yet because that's my belief. That's my rest day. And I told myself, I want to make a million dollars and do it the right way. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't compromise on what my beliefs are. So people that are partnering with me, they respect that. They respect that. And that's kind of, you know, my core values and my core beliefs. But at the same time, I still, I work Saturday night. I work Friday night. I work six days a week Mm. period and when you think about the work that you do on a saturday is it work or is it stuff that you actually enjoy doing and you can answer it any type of way is it or is is it both what i do on a saturday is what i enjoy doing okay that's my time with my family Mm. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Even if it's evening or in the early in the morning. Yeah, it's with my family. Mm-hmm. So, but at the same time, you gotta have some time to rest to say, look, let me take this time for me. Mm-hmm. I can sleep. I don't have to wake up. I mean, I don't have to wake up. I don't have to uh, <clears throat> uh, be sleep the whole time. I still can wake up and make things happen. You can still wake up and make things happen. Right. So, do you plan your Saturdays? Yes. I'm a big planner. Yes. So you plan your Saturdays. You know what you're gonna be doing every day, every time. Yeah. No doubt in my mind. Okay. okay. My kids know what we're going to be doing. <laughs> right. You have six children. I have six. Now, what is it like running a house of six children as a wolf? Do you teach them values first or do you teach them like discipline? What's the order and process of you letting You have to have a strong mate. Mm. And somebody understands your vision and your goals. So you're telling me there's another wolf oh, yeah. at home oh, yeah. taking care of the cubs. She protects the house. Yeah. One that keeps the house together. That's mm-hmm. what the aim is. Strong glue. Mm-hmm. Strong water. You going to hold this together while I go and find out. Go and find and bring back. So we have a good relationship. Beautiful. You know? And so that's what it's all about. And my kids know my oldest son, my youngest son. They know if something happened to daddy, they got to take the reins ASAP. Yeah. ASAP. You already know what to do. Stop crying. Daddy dead. Daddy in the casket. I'm living, I lived in the dashes, now my end date has come. You heard about living in the dashes? I have not. Oh, man. Oh, wait a minute. Living in the dashes between, yes, begin date and end date. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you have to live in the dash. Absolutely. That's the only thing that matters in life. Yes. You were born and you're going to die, but they're going to they gonna look at you and they're going to grade you on what did you do in the dash mm-hmm. in the middle. That's the important part. Mm. Now, you're an entrepreneur now. Have you always wanted to be an entrepreneur? Were and were your parents entrepreneurs? My dad, he he had business. My dad had always had new businesses. Mm-hmm. We selling vacuum cleaner. We selling meat. We selling travel agencies. And I never I always always tried to. We had a barbecue stand. And my dad was a pastor for twenty seven years at First Baptist Church. Twenty seven years. I was a, I was a PK. Priest's kid. So I understand business by dealing with people. Mm. You got people hate you and you got people love you. Mm-hmm. But yet they call you, they say they love you. How you hate and love the same person? My, I saw my dad, he always stayed steadfast in what he did. Mm. And I always put on a suit and I follow him. That's the same thing with my sons do as well. Did your dad teach you, like, as you were watching him, as you were watching him as you were growing up, mm-hmm. was your dad um, intentional in the way that he was teaching you about entrepreneurship or did you just learn by example? By watching. Really? Yeah. Did you ask a lot of questions? No, I always, always, always did. I actually kind of did the opposite on what he wanted me to do. What do you mean? Like, <clears throat> like if he wanted to take me fishing, I'll go ask three of my friends to come with us to go fishing. Okay. Because he wanted to teach me something, but I still brought my friends along. You get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. What so, was your point in doing that? It just felt like I wanted to be around somebody. Okay. And I want, if I'm getting this experience, I want them to get the experience too. That's why I me and my friends are still close, because my dad raised a lot of my friends. Yes. Did they also have their fathers? Some did, some did. Mm-hmm. Some, some don't, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was just about that. It was preparing me then about entrepreneurship. In order to be a good uh, leader, you got to be a good follower. You have to, in order to be a good boss, you got to be a good employee. A lot of people say, yeah, worst employee, talking about, I'm going to get my own. There's no way. That's a fact. There's no way. <laughs> if you're a horrible employee, you're not going to be a good boss. Yeah. So all of these things make sense. When I was uh, when I was in corporate, I used to, and I tell I tell my clients this, right? If mm. you don't like your job right now, you just want to dash out, quit, and fire your boss because you hate the job. Right. You're going to recreate the same problems that you created right. when you were um, 
when you when you go into entrepreneurship terrible employee makes mm -hmm. a terrible entrepreneur right? right so when did when would you say you became an entrepreneur from from under your dad's tutelage when would you say you became an entrepreneur the top three responses that i get when i ask why do you want to leave corporate america are that you want financial freedom you want to own your own time and you want to build a legacy for this generation and generations to come now this is not a solo job in order to transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship it's going to take community and it's going to take resources and i've created the community of pioneers who are going to wrap around you and help you make that transition successfully so if you're interested in leaving your job go ahead and click that information below let's get into the community and let's transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship successfully now let's get back to the episode when i wanted to go Fishing, I can't. I couldn't afford the worm bait. Okay, how old were you? And how old were you at? 11, 10, 9, 11, something like that. He said ten. Ten. Okay, so uh. you're ten years old. You going fishing with your dad? No, 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 no. Me and my friends want to go fishing. Without dad, you like peace out, dad. I'm yeah, done. Yeah, because we had a lake by our house. Okay. Now we got to figure out how do we get, go to the bait store and get the bait. Mm. To go fishing, because mm -hmm. my mama, we, we we had to stop using my mama bread <laughs> to bait these fishes. Yeah, because we used to fish. we used to put we used to put the, put the bread in the triangle, and then you put on the hook, and then you catch the fish. Okay. But what happens is, and that's 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 the story in itself, because you may have the bait to catch the fish, but if your bait don't last long enough, the fish will not bite. So once you put the bread in the water. It's going to start getting soggy right. and it's going to fall off the hook. Right. So you're not going to have the bait anymore. You need something to be able to sit in the water as long as it can. There you go. So that's why I use the same principles in my business. I need something to keep drawing the fish. Mm-hmm. And so. Something that's sustainable. So the long story short is I had to figure out how to way to get the bait. So we just say, listen, let's go wash the car. Mm-hmm. So we go wash the car. We make $5. At the time, car washes, we what are we going to pay at? $5, $10? $10 or $5 a car wash. <laughs> and then, you know, I said, this, if this is what we want to do, this is what we got to do. Right? Mm -hmm. And I was, a, uh, I never made, I was almost this close to being a drug dealer. This close. But the transaction didn't go through. It's like, <laughs> this close, that's the only reason. That's the only reason. What do you mean the transaction didn't go through? Because the 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 the, the uh, ounce of weed what we were supposed to get, I was little too. The ounce of weed we were supposed to get, it fell through. It fell through. Okay, and I, I could have been on a whole another path in my life, but by that falling through, and I had the two fifty, mm -hmm. I had the money. Like let's roll, let's go. But the, the product, it, it, no, I'm not a drug dealer. It wasn't supposed to be. No, I'm a preacher's kid. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, you know, you try to be good, but you try to come out and do something bad. It wasn't in me, but I saw the money. Yeah. That's one of those situations um, where, you know, when they say God covers you, mm -hmm. it, was, it wasn't supposed to happen. I, I can't. I'm, I was going to be hard. I probably have been locked up right now. Yeah. But it didn't go right. I'm glad it didn't. And I'm just a good boy. That's how they look at me. You're just a good boy, but don't test me. Listen. Don't test me. And you've had, which, what basically what you're saying, what you're sharing is that you've had your, your times of testing those oh, yeah. limits. Oh, yeah. So <clears throat> I'm trying to understand a little bit about where you grew up. Would you help me understand? So were you a, were in the country, you were by a lake, 
right? In the country. Yeah, I'm trying to understand oh, where you're city boy. Oh, so, where did you grow up? I'm not in the country. I'm far from the country. Where, where I you? went to the country for summers. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting here. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to envision I was born and raised in Miami, Florida. Okay. Miami in the city, mm-hmm. right down the street from uh, Joe Robbie Stadium at the time. Now, I don't know what it's, Hard Rock, whatever. But I'm from Miami, Florida. Okay. But I was I was raised, my roots, I used to go to Pahokee, Florida. Mm-hmm. That's about a muck. Okay. That's, the muck. They call it a muck because mm-hmm. the mud, the muck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I went down there to get bullied, to get bolded. To get character. Oh, man. Because my, my, uh, my cousin, Papa, he was rough. He said, I'm going to take you out of the corner and get you beat up. I said, why would you want to get me beat up? Yeah. But he was moaning me on, like, listen, this is how you got to. I don't know what kind of lessons he was trying to teach me. But my cousin, Victor, you know, Victor Atkins, uh, uh, my aunt, uh, my cousin Connie, all those down in Melvin, all them down in Pahokee, they just had a life of this how we survived. You know, so I went to the city to get my quick thinking. Mm-hmm. But you get to the country to get that country yeah. Talk slower, boy. What you said? Because it's all about you got to learn how to deal with different people. Mm-hmm. So that's how I kind of got my molding for myself and my dad. Because when I say go fishing, that's yeah. where we went to go fishing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Lake Okeechobee is that eye in Florida. Mm. You ever seen a map of Florida? Yeah. In the middle of Florida was... at the bottom, it's a, it's a big lake. Okay. That's the Lake Okeechobee. That's the biggest lake. So you grew up on the south, in the south. Oh yeah, in the south, Florida. Okay, yeah. so that's why it feels like I'm sitting here with a country boy, but then some of your your story sounds like city boy, and I'm like, <laughs> who am I sitting there? Like, what is it? The makings of it. So I feel like we're adding a little bit of country. We got the country value. That's the same thing about Rick Ross. Mm. He was born in the country, raised in the city. So yeah, he still got country values, but still the city life. And that's actually go that goes back to how I even found out about you. That's right. Right. So you were um so uh, you were introduced as you you organized the entire uh, like an event that the boss up conference the boss up conference yes what's the boss up conference the boss up conference is a conference where we have uh, high level high level entrepreneurs and CEOs that come into the house and we link them with major corporations and celebrities and learn about the celebrities journey. A lot of these CEOs and entrepreneurs they make a million dollars a month. Mm-hmm. They make millions of dollars a year, but a year. But what happens is they reach a ceiling. So they need something to say, okay, what am I doing wrong? And also about networking. And we get in the room, we make power moves together. Mm-hmm. That's that big wolf pack I was telling you about. Right. Because I always say, if you want to be a millionaire, you got to hang around billionaires. Right? Mm-hmm. So we put billionaires in the room at the conference to make sure these people are getting their value and their self-worth. Understanding about themselves. And out of the conference, the major thing that came out of it was mental health. Really? Yes. Tell me more. <clears throat> Learning how to deal with situations and deal with people. Mm. That was that, that uh, over and over. We had uh, 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 the Yelverton family. We had uh, we had Brittany talking about mental health. Mm-hmm. It was everybody had you know was dealing with mental health and, and going about it. Brittany was dealing with April. Mental health. Yeah. Uh, my eye, it was talking about mental health, just getting to it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what it's all about because you can get the money, but if you can't maintain it and keep stay sane up here, you'll be able to lose it. So that's what the mm-hmm. Boss Up Conference is all about, hosted by Rick Ross because, you know, he's the biggest boss that yeah. you've seen thus far. That's a fact. And he is richer than he, he's ever been. That's true. <laughs> and he's actually making much more um, impact in the community than I actually um, realized before. 
um, hearing about all the things that um, my mentor David Shans is doing, and then mm-hmm. being a part of the the, the boss up community, the, like the conference, all of those things are super impactful. Which when you realize all the stuff that happens behind the scenes, right. you get even more invested in right. the story. So, and that's how you that's how you actually saw me. Mm-hmm. Because when you saw me, it was a a, a, a follow up of the conference. So first of all, the conference is not a conference. You just go and people talk to you. It's interacting. Mm-hmm. So the people that's on stage, you can ask them questions. Hey, Britt Barish, the a billionaire of, uh, that owns uh, the official Bel Air. Mm-hmm. How do you handle this situation? They're asking them at the conference. Okay. They're getting information. Straight from the, the horse's mouth. Right. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, what you see, we was at a brunch. Because it's all about the follow-up. Mm-hmm. It's not about what you learned at the conference. It's all about the follow-up. Right. Are we doing what we said we was going to do? So we saw we was at the brunch, mm-hmm. and then you know uh, Dave, you know, of course he was creating. A, we helped with the podcast, mm-hmm. we about the podcast, mm-hmm. and Donnie was in attendance. So Donnie cut the camera on. You never put the camera on in front of an entrepreneur. <laughs> it's, it's like they say you never give you never give a, a, a preacher two things a mic and some fried chicken. Listen, listen, <laughs> gonna run with it. Yeah, you, you never put a camera on an entrepreneur because you have to leverage every situation. Right. Period. Mm-hmm. That's how me and you got this interview right now. That's a fact. If I had never thought to like just turn back around, just talk to you, then I don't know how. I, yeah. I'm glad. I'm, I'm blessed I did. But you know what? I, I do believe you're a PK, so I feel like it resonates with you. I do believe every single thing that I do is led by God. Mm-hmm. I have my own value system and I make my own moves as a human. Right. But then things that don't happen, they don't happen because right. they weren't supposed to happen. But then when things do happen, Usually, it's the effortless things that become That's beautiful. It. That's it. Because it's all about the things in life that you don't pay for, you treat it like trash. Yeah. The things like you pay for, you value it. Mm-hmm. Your life. Your life was given to you for free. Your arms, your eyes, you, but people don't take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. But the things you go buy, you go buy a car, a house. Guess what? You take care of that. You got insurance for that. Why don't you do it for yourself? Yeah. Speaking of which, um, mental health was a huge thing that came out of the conference, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I'm curious about your journey. So you're a super powerful human. I can feel it, right? You feel it. I can feel it. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. Also, you know, when 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 it comes to your success, we do hear a, a lot of like the eager, like the drive, the discipline, right. some of the things that we know that it takes to become successful. Right. Mental health is a huge thing for me. Absolutely. Right. Um, any any course, any training, any lesson, mm-hmm. people don't want to get the mindset. Mm-hmm. But for you, if you could help us understand, like in your journey, when did you become um, aware that uh, mental health was important to you in order to get to your next level? When I failed. Yeah. What did that look like? When I didn't make the NFL. Okay. When the last pick of the draft was, was called and my name wasn't called. And I walked in the kitchen and I cried on my mama's shoulder. Because I feel like I failed in life. Because mm. I worked so hard for that moment to get drafted. And I didn't get drafted. And I feel like I let myself down. But at that moment, I told myself, if you're not going to pick me, it's going to be the worst mistake you ever made. Because I'm going to make league minimum, whatever the lowest paid salary in the NFL, I will make that in business every year. And that's what I put in my mind. Because a lot of people don't realize what do they want in life. Did you want the fame of the NFL or did you want the money? Listen, I would have paid, I would have played in the NFL for free. 
That's how much I love the game. Mm-hmm. I would have paid for free. I would have played for free. And that's how much I love the game. But that's what, that's, what, that's what some of the players do now. They have the mindset of playing for free, but they don't understand that this is a business. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm on the other side of that now. Now I can hire different NFL celebrities to come to certain events mm-hmm. and understand the business aspect. But to get to your question, the failure. Once I failed, then I said, you know what? I got to move different. Nobody cares. Get your fat, lazy behind up, what we go by now. Nobody cares about your life. Mm. One thing about mental health, and once you realize in your mind that nobody cares, yeah. you got to pick yourself up, that's when you're going to turn around. Because two things going to happen. Either you're going to say, you know what, I'm tired of life, mm-hmm. or I'm going to change my life. Yeah. Can I ask you a question, though? What What are you specifically calling a failure? Like, not getting in, but what did you do to, to fail? I didn't, I didn't succeed at a predetermined goal. You didn't succeed at a predetermined goal. And the goal was to go to the NFL. So when I think about your journey, you grew up passionate about football. Mm-hmm. What was it in your journey that you said, okay, this is what I need to do to, to like become, to be in the NFL. If mm-hmm. we take it all the way back to mm-hmm. when you're carrying pad, uh, shoulder pads right. for your brother and Rick Ross, right. um, when did you, how did you develop your passion in football? Because uh, I carried City Chiefs. I saw that orange and black. Mm. And I seen those people in the stands talking, oh. And I said, man, they're cheering for them. I want that, you know, and then I wanted to play for the same team my brother and Ross played for and Fonzo played for. And my brother played in the band and my cousin played for. But I couldn't because I didn't live in the district. Okay. So everything I wanted to do, my dad took me to the school and they said, Mr. Boston, he can't play here because he don't stay here. And that's another thing. And now that I think back to it, I said, this is going to be the worst mistake y'all ever made. So I went to Miami, New Orleans. When I went there, I coached Dunn. He, he, he brought our team from, uh, he brought it from ninth grade to 12th grade. That's when he first came. I was a sophomore. And we ended up playing Kansas City for the state championship, to go to the state championship. I said, this is the worst thing y'all ever did. Because I went right back to that moment. What Your failure is going to drive you to that next moment. Yeah. And that's what it was. But I said, y'all, I said this, I'm going to tear y'all up. And that's what ended up happening. So I ended up playing uh, my high school football um, and we won the state championship 2002. But now that I think about it, when you say that, is that the things that I failed at because I, I set goals in my life. Success, I learned this from uh, Earl Nightingale. You ever heard of Earl Nightingale? Yes. Okay. He, he says, he said, success is achieving a predetermined goal. Mm-hmm. So once I set a goal and you're successful at it, you are successful. Right. A lot of people view success on what other people say that you are. You are successful because you have a good podcast. They will say that. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make you a success. The success right. is I'm waking up every day. I'm going to set interviews. I'm going to go ahead and book people, and I'm right. going to have a successful interview. Right. So once that happens, you are successful. Mm-hmm. If you say you're going to wake up at 8 o'clock and do X, Y, Z, and you do that, you are successful. So that's what I say about failure. Now, failure, I'm not, I'm not a failure in life. I just lost that battle, mm-hmm. and I'm going to win the war overall. Absolutely. I don't change the goal. I just change the plan on how we get to the goal. Absolutely. So you grew up with a passion for football. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like 
when you did when you failed right you said if i am going to make as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. i'm going to make the lowest amount that you can make as a as a football player every single year right that thought had to come from somewhere so your dad planted the seed of entrepreneurship did right. you know what he was doing at the time was entrepreneurship no i just was following him i just knew that i knew that, i knew that he wore suits and he had a lot of money in his pocket mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. when i go ask for lunch money he had a lot of money not from being a pastor mm-hmm. he sold insurance life insurance mm-hmm. and in life insurance back in the day you had to go and collect the money from the draw so what happens is we go door to door and collect the premiums cash mm-hmm. so back in the day it used to be these little pamphlets some people I'm, some people gonna say yeah he know what he talk about back in the day it used to be these little pamphlets where older people elderly people they kept their life insurance policy okay it's normally in the kitchen somewhere so when the insurance man come they knock on the door a lot of people start running from insurance man because he know he coming to collect the money. If you don't get the premium, you don't have life insurance. One thing about elderly people, they always had life insurance, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So he used to go collect the premiums and say, hey, here's your policy. And so I used to watch him. And I used to watch the sale tactics. And he used to say, let me review your policy. And he said, okay, that's what it is. My dad became the number one insurance agent of independent life insurance, the first African American to do that. Mm. So you grew up learning. Did you 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 grew up learning how to build a business based on your dad and, and, sell. and I was gonna say and sell. Oh, sell. Oh, yeah. That's a high value skill set that I'm actually learning is one of those things that will always keep you um, financially secure as so mm-hmm. long as you know how to sell anything. Sell yourself. Absolutely. Sell a product. Absolutely. Sell a service. And don't be scared of the word no. Facts. I don't care. Mm. They slam the door. They slam. Some people slam the phone in your face. Mm-hmm. I had the door slam my face. I used to sell AT&T products. I used to go door to door. Really? Yeah, selling AT&T packages. And I had to do something different. What was that? I had went to my cousin and she worked for AT&T. Mm-hmm. And I was actually working for a third party that was a salesman of AT&T. They, they didn't directly work for AT&T, but I was like a third party to that. So I went to my cousin Jackie. She's a little person. And I asked her, I don't know what I did. I said, Jackie, can I have one of your work shirts? She gave me her work shirt that said AT&T on it. So when I went to the door, they saw AT&T. AT&T representative, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, that's not far by deception, though. It's just it's part of me. So, I'm listening. So I just had to do something different. Mm-hmm. While I'm keeping getting the doors, because I got on regular clothes trying to sell AT&T packages. Right. Once I put on that shirt, I started making sales. You started looking the part. I started looking the part. Mm-hmm. And so... I get to back to the the point is the word no. Mm-hmm. So I got tired of the door slam on my face, but I had to switch up how I did things. Right. So it wasn't that you were gonna bust it like bolster through a whole bunch of no's. You said, okay, what am I learning from these no's and how can right. I change my there strategy? Go. I got you. So you're learning sales. Um now have you always been an entrepreneur or did you did you ever have a nine to five? Always. Always. I was selling chips and juices in high school. Mm. Oh yeah. I used to watch drumline every night. Why drumline? What'd you get from that? Because when I sold chips and juices, I used to go, I had a routine. I go to Sam's, I go get my box of chips, I go get my hot sausages, I go get my pickles and my pickle legs, and I would get my Ziploc bags. So I used to watch drumline every night, and I used to bag my hot sausages up and my pickle legs. So I needed something to get through the day. <laughs> Listen, I'm doing what I need to do. Just watching, mindlessly watching the show. That's it. But when you say pickle legs, real quick, I'm like, that's what gets me confused. Because I be like, who eating pickle legs in the city? Pickle, pickle, pickle pig legs. 
That's what I'm thinking. No. What are you talking about? Pickle what? Where you from? Pickle, so my mom used to, my mom and grandpa used to eat pickle pig feet when I was in Niagara Falls, New York. I had pig feet as well. Okay, pickle pig feet. Yeah, that's so what, we, yeah. What's a pickle pig? What's a pi- pickle leg? Dang, so you you if you don't know what a pickle pickle egg. Oh, pickled egg. Yeah. I never ate those. You never had a pickle I ate a pig feet before I ate Ooh, pig. I gotta get day. Hey, we gotta get you a Dade County pickle egg. It's pink. It's pink. Ooh, yeah, I, I've seen those in the little, little in the little pack. No, in the big jar. So yes. you were taking it and you were the putting. The big jar. I've seen those things. We gotta before. get you a pickle egg. Yeah. I'll try hey, it. Hey, hey, this, this is what we gotta do. Yeah. All right. I don't eat it no more, but you get you a pickle egg, hot sausage, and some hot Cheetos, and you crush it up and you put it together. Ooh. Yeah. What a time. You don't eat it no more. I'm vegan. You so, vegan. so I believe it's a time. Uh, <laughs> we, I left pig feet. I left pickle pig feet. Wow. Pickle eggs, but yeah, doing that, I was a entrepreneur. I, yeah. I made more than teachers a day. Back when you were in school. Selling selling uh, chips and juices. Okay. I'm the reason right now that kids can't sell. And I, I put the vending machine out of business in school. Mm. Me and a group of my uh, partners, we did. Man. And you know what I did too? I What's duplicated that? myself. By getting your friends out there. No, oh, I gave them a bag too. Mm-hmm. So you, because if I work this set of the hallway of the classroom, you're going to get that wing. And then we come, we're going to bust down. You had a whole operation. Oh, yeah. Now, at the time, were your teachers ever aware of your, your operation? My teachers were buying. Really? Yes, everybody's hungry. So you just found a need. Yeah, but I never sold to my teachers. I gave it to them. Mm-hmm. You got you to gotta set the play up. You got to get them something so they can sell inside the work, inside the classroom. Hey. Yeah. So, so I'm trying to make. And then I had a friend, Omar. <laughs> I think I had a friend, Omar. Right? We had one teacher we couldn't sell at, Miss Dexter. Okay. And we knew we couldn't we couldn't sell in that class, but he is so evil that he bought something from me, and then and don't laugh. He bought something from me, and he goes in the bag and shh, just to get it to get me in trouble. <laughs> She's like, uh, excuse me. There you go. Mr. Dexter said, "Okay, nah. no, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Dexter." Mm-hmm. Okay, so listen, I guess you learn how to watch out for the people who really there for you. He's still my friend, though. He was being funny. He's just a jokester. He was on my scene. So how did you... So, okay, you're you're a funny guy, right? You really... You seem super serious. Right. But you also have this, like, jovial spirit about you, right? I I haven't sensed that yet. I don't know. You haven't sensed what? The jovial spirit? I'm not a funny guy. No, well, you you are a lighthearted person. Absolutely. You might not be chuckle chuckle funny, but lighthearted, especially as uh, this person is still your friend, right? Right. Um, How did you start to develop like your values around relationships Mm -hmm. and who you were going to keep with you, who you weren't going to keep with you? Or do you feel like you were just blessed to have good people to stay around you this whole time? Yeah, I think I had good people that stayed around me. A lot of people, you know, people, they're going to weave themselves from around you. They're not going to want to be around you Mm -hmm. because they're not going to do what you do. Once you don't waver in your beliefs and what you are, those people are going to come around you. But if you keep playing both sides of the fence, that's why you keep getting these different people around you. Mm. You know, this is what I am. This is what I do. And so I keep those people around me. Everybody around me, they're going to eat, period. So I'm making the connection between where you were. You had your passion for football, Mm -hmm. right? You decided, hey, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. What brought you from being um, an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. back in Miami to um, what you're doing today? Um, with the Boss Up Conference? Um, I had, I had a, uh, my tax guy, his name was Jerome Chavis. Mm. He sat me down one day and you got to have certain people around you. Good tax guy, good lawyer, good insurance guy. And so Jerome, he sat me down and he said, Alex, you're making money. 
he said, but you know when entrepreneurs make money, they don't want to pay taxes, right? Mm-hmm. They always try to tax defer and do all this. And he says, you got to make a decision. Do you want to be a hustler or a CEO? A hustler go keep doing what they're doing, hiring. But a CEO, you got to show you made money in order for people to give you real money and respect you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, it's no sense to make a million dollars and you got a loss of a hundred grand. You a bad businessman, and that's what he showed me on paper. He sat me down and said, "This will not work." Okay. If you want to be a hustler, Alex, do what you do, but you need to become a businessman. And so that's why in my it's, it flipped in my head to say I got to start doing things differently. Okay. And so I got to start being more serious about my business and operating as a business person. What was your business at that time? Um, I have four. Okay. I have a pallet company. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my partner, my partner David Folston, uh, Tabitha. I have a pallet company, a trucking company. I sell insoles for your feet. Okay. I have a CBD farm. On part in Joe. Um, what else? And I had security. Okay. I was the type of person that create businesses, but I put people in place to help me run them. Cause mm-hmm. I always I gotta go to the next the next thing. Cause I got six kids. Each kid need to have a business, and that's how I kind of always looked at. <laughs> Which one did you start first? The first business was I was driving vans with okay. my partner David Foster. Mm-hmm. He used to drive to the uh, to the synagogue, and I see him. In this van, and I was working at All in One Security. Shout out to Miss Parker, Clarence, and everybody else, and Rick, Jenny, all of them. Um, and and he, I said, "What you do?" He said, "I got a van. I work. I do courier service." He, I said, "How much do you make?" He said, "I make between a thousand, seven hundred, a thousand, twelve hundred dollars a week." I was making that every two weeks. Okay. I said, "I'm gonna quit my job." I said, "There's no way." If you're making that a week, I'm going to take you on your word. I went and bought a van. I got in an accident in my wife's car. We had a choice. Buy another car or buy a van. We bought the van. Mm-hmm. And then that's how I started getting to the pallets. But my pallet company has been the most uh, lucrative company that I have. So if it's the most lucrative company, what was it passion that drove you to build your other four? Or was it simply as you had, once you had another kid, you started another business? No, I wasn't about the kids because I didn't have the kids at the time. Got it. It was about the money. I I ain't afraid to say it was about the money. Mm -hmm. If I find a niche that makes me the money, Mm -hmm. I'm passionate about it. Because it's providing me and giving me things what I want. Mm. You follow what I'm saying? I'm following. So when you say, what is your heart? My heart is what I do on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. That's my heart, right? Yeah. But when I when I deal with things like security, that's my thing. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm that person. So when he told you, "Hey, do you want to be a CEO or a hustler?" Mm-hmm. and you said that's when it's something switched. Put you went head. right. So right. at that point, you started these businesses because of the money, mm-hmm. right? You weren't necessarily thinking about the checks and balances of taxes and things mm-hmm. like that. So what was it or what were some of the things that you changed or what were you doing wrong in mm-hmm. your business that you specifically had to change from that point on? You start using this money to pay for this, this money to pay for that. That's what you were doing before. Yeah, because you got to, as, as, as an entrepreneur, you got to be able to make things happen. Mm-hmm. It's not all about, you know, okay, okay, I need to do this. I need to have that business. And I was all over the place trying mm-hmm. to run all these different businesses. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You got to get separate accounts. Got it. 
And within those columns, you got to have an operating budget and you got to have an expense budget. You got to have, you know, different things, payroll. Mm -hmm. So it's all, it's a whole breakdown on what you need. You got to have somebody to watch it. I said, I got to pay somebody to do that. Yes. You either going to do it or you going to pay somebody to do it. Yeah. So I had to start paying people to do things and what they were good in that. I had to get out of the way of myself. I was in the way of my own self because trying to do everything. Yeah. But I had to sit back and let, you know, my business work. And that's what I did. You talked about duplicating yourself earlier, mm -hmm. right? So this sounds like a duplication of yourself, right? Absolutely. When you, when it comes to you being um, an entrepreneur and how old were you at this time? Thirty mm, one. Okay, thirty one. Four businesses. Mm -hmm. And at the you're at the point where you have to decide whether I'm gonna be a CEO or a hustler. Right. What was it in yourself that you had to get out of your own way, right. in order to learn how to like delegate or find somebody to do this stuff for you? To realize I'm not I'm not the best at what I do in that subject. Mm -hmm. You make it sound so easy. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not the best accountant, finance person. Mm -hmm. I don't know law. Mm -hmm. Let me pay somebody to do that. Mm -hmm. Let me be good at what I do. That's one thing that Ross teach me. Yeah. If he don't know how to do it, he say, boy, I don't know how to do that. You better call, boom, and we get it done. Mm. He don't take it the well. If, if he don't know how to do something, I don't know how to do that, bro. But what he know how to do, he's very good at it. I got you. And What would you say is the biggest loss that you took? Before you learned that lesson, the biggest loss I took before I learned that lesson: when you lose twenty grand in a day, mm. when you lose your whole business, when you got partners got to file for bankruptcy because of bad decisions, when you see things around you, you gotta you gotta figure out where you're gonna pay your rent or pay this truck note because I'm operating wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm operating as a hustler, not a businessman. I need to be planning three years ahead of time. Right? Absolutely. When, we, when you have an American Express credit card and they tell you you can't do it no more because a decision that was made, right? Mm -hmm. I had an employee, I had a truck driver die on my shift. He died in one of my trucks. Died. Gone. Gone. As an owner, the family is looking to you. Mm-hmm. Hey, did he have life insurance? I said, whoa. Can you help us pay for the funeral? I said, whoa. I said, dang. I ain't even got benefits for my people. So I got to say, man, let me get ahead of this. Tragedy and situation and failure, like I told you before, those are things that get me. I got to be smarter at what I do. Mm. I need to have fail safes. I need to have extra insurance on trucks. In case that for that happen, I need to make everybody get occupation hazardous insurance, workman's comp, because mm -hmm. it shouldn't hit my pockets. Right. You get what I'm saying? So those are the things that kind of help me. Learning how, these uh these life these are like life hits, right? Mm -hmm. People oh, yeah. are truly being affected because I can imagine someone's livelihood being affected with each and every one of those decisions that oh, you man. just said fell oh, through. Oh man! Oh oh! Oof! Yeah. Absolutely. So when I um I think about like new entrepreneurs mm -hmm. who want to go out there and start a business, do you do you suggest them um like hiring people up front or do you like do you suggest when you tell people like starting 
out the gate, whether it's a van company, pallet company, mm -hmm. any one of those things, what are one of the, some of the first things that you help them understand how to mm -hmm. build mm -hmm. in order to make it successful so they don't end up getting those like dire situations? They need to do it. They need to do it first. Themselves. Mm -hmm. You need to be the first one to do anything. Mm -hmm. Because when you know how to do everything in your operation, you can teach everybody what to do. The first thing you do, you want to hire people and you don't even know what to do. You tell them, you going in and changing goals and changing stuff. They're like, and people are not going to read your mind. What do you want me to do? You don't know how to lead. Mm -hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Good followers become leaders. Were you a good employee? Goes back to that. If you really serious at what you're doing, take your vacation time and you work that whole time. If you're working for somebody, go on vacation and you do your job for that week and see how you do. Test run. Test run. Take your Christmas vacation, mm -hmm. your Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving vacation, and you go work and do the test runs. Mm. If it's not working, it may not work, but you're going to start learning something. The, most thing, the, the best thing you're going to learn is this for you. You get out there and drive the trucks because you see people making money and you ain't no truck driver. Get your behind back in that office, man. <laughs> That's a fact. Until you figure out what yeah. you're going to be able to do. You're not no truck driver, man. I done told several people that. Mm. Well, you ain't no truck driver. Stop it. You you just want to chase the bag. Facts. You're not the truck driver. Because you're going to get out there and hurt somebody and hurt yourself. Yeah. That's not what you want to do. No. Curious what you think about this. So people want to leave their job, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that test trial is actually a really good gauge to see if this this life is really if is really for you. A lot of people say entrepreneurship is not for everybody, mm -hmm. but I do believe. Hey, you do a couple, you do a test run two, three, or four mm -hmm. times, you'll find what works for you. Mm -hmm. The challenge that I find for people who want to leave corporate mm -hmm. and go into entrepreneurship mm -hmm. is people who are so used to living in a system mm -hmm. and don't know how to create a system on their own. Mm -hmm. You seem to have created a system on your own. Yeah. Between having your own employees, mm -hmm. knowing how to delegate, duplicating yourself, mm -hmm. failing. So what what's the challenge for you living in a world where everything's so systematic? Right. All you, you work with corporations. You, right. you you used to have a job. Right. How do you balance or how do you create your own ecosystem around right. you so that you don't feel like you're like listen, a pawn? I don't care. Mm. I tried. We're going to try it. It may not work. I'm going to try it again. I'm going to try something different. Period. Mm. I may fail, but I'm not a failure. You follow what I'm saying? I'm following. I'm going to try. If you work, listen, what you need to do, just give me give me what you want to do. Just give me anything what people want to do in life. What do you think? They may have their own business. Just say anything. Somebody want to start a hair company. A hair company, mm -hmm. right? You need to go work at a hair company. Mm -hmm. Start getting in the industry on what you want to do. Because you need to learn the blueprint. Policy procedures, the main. Because when you start your own, it's an easy transition. Mm -hmm. Or you and you you get paid to learn. And you realize, is this for you? It's better for you not to work at that fortune, that, that CEO type job, and work in something that you want to learn how to do to get the platform to do. Or work there part time. Mm -hmm. Or donate your time. Yeah. If you're working in the CEO, when you get off, you need to be go interning at Rich, uh, uh, Rich Hair Care Products at Rick Ross. You need to go intern at Bonner Brothers, the oil company. Yes. You're wasting your time. You're getting on work. Go intern. Learn it. That's what you got to do. That's when you really find out. Yes. Right? I don't. 
I, my, my son called it sweat equity. Ooh, I like that. You know the two words, right? Sweat equity. Now my son, my son, I love it. he made that time. Sweat equity. I love it. You put in the sweat to gain equity later on. Facts. You don't have to get paid all the time. Yeah. So you can you can do that and just work your way in what you want to do. Why go start on something on your own? You have no idea what it is. Once you get hit in the head, you're gonna be one of the people that started business within a year and failed. But if you took your vacation time, your lunch breaks, you'd have had three, four years of doing that and saying, I can do this. Yes. You take that summer and I can do this. Right. You'll have the confidence you need and you'll have the, the sweat equity mm -hmm. as well as that you've proven your concept so you mm -hmm. know what, what it is that you're going out into right. the work, the entrepreneurship. And start the business ASAP. Yeah. Go get the incorporation right now. Don't yeah. wait. Mm -hmm. Get the EIN number right now. And then your savings, when you pitch out $200, pay your company. Mm. Now, when you say get your, your, get your uh, corporation right now, let's say someone's starting to exit strategy from their job mm -hmm. three years before they leave, right? Mm -hmm. And, well, who knows if it's going to be three years, but they start the first, they take their first set of vacation mm -hmm. and it's trucking and they don't like it, right? Mm -hmm. And then they try the, the hair business, they try that, they don't like it. And they do maybe one more business with another set of vacation, they don't like it. Mm -hmm. Are you saying start your, start your corporation early? And just kind of shift as you do these different no, you things. Need, you need to go on Georgia and corporations and go lock down the name. And whatever that name is, it can follow you throughout those different businesses. Yeah, because what's going to happen is when somebody asks you, what do you do? Mm -hmm. You say, I work here, but I have a trucking company. Mm. It doesn't say you're driving trucks. It just say, I got a trucking company. Mm. And you know what they're going to say? They're going to say, man, I've been looking for a trucking company. You got trucks? Yeah, I got trucks. And I remember, listen to what I said. You have a company, you have a trucking company. Do you own trucks? I ha you said I have trucks. Right. Do you own trucks? No. Do you have trucks? Yes. How? Through, like, through the resource, through whoever. I Go rent them. Okay. Go rent them. Mm. If you want to try a travel control business, go rent it. Mm. If you got a vent space, you go rent that space. Mm -hmm. People think I need to have and own it. No. Right. Just go rent it. Mm -hmm. And so... When they say, I got a trucking job, you go rent it. Now, guess what? Your preparation meet, met the opportunity and you're ready for it. Ready for it. But if you never started a trucking company and they say, let me get your MC number or whatever, or even, and there's other ways around that too, but mm -hmm. I can't give you all the game right here because, you know, I got to get paid in other ways. But, People need to know this stuff. No, nah, they need to know it. They need to pay for it. That's a fact. <laughs> and speaking of which, speaking of which, being so, I work with corporate professionals who want to transition to entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. They get free information all the time. A lot of times I say you need to leverage that information that you get for free right now because when you come into entrepreneurship, you don't get that information mm, for absolutely free. Absolutely not. What are some of the investments you made that you feel like truly leveled yourself up? In mm -hmm. business, as an entrepreneur, some like hefty investments. What were those? And what did you learn? I, I, I buy what my client needs. Mm -hmm. I get in business things on what my client needs. I see, I done spent, hey, what would you say, 100 grand an hour, 50 grand an hour? Yeah. I see opportunity and I say, boom, let's get it. Boom, let's do it. Hey, let's do it. Mm -hmm. So, because you're only going to show if you're a genius when that thing works. If it don't work, you're a failure. Yes. Right? Or you failed. <laughs> right. You get what I'm saying? So uh -huh. I always jump ahead of it. I jump ahead of it and I and I go get it. So a lot a lot of times that's what you have to do in business and entrepreneurship. Right. You gotta jump ahead of it. And so yes, I invest a lot in learning.
going to courses, masterminds. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? So when was the first one you did as a young entrepreneur? The first investment that you remember being scared to invest your money. I'm telling you, the first time I ever invested sixteen hundred dollars. Oh man, me and this guy right here, me and Anthony, going to Northern Tools and buying a pressure washer, a tank, uh, uh, hoses. It comes like, bro, going to we made a trailer. And you remember that? We made a trailer for our car wash business, and we carried it on the back of my daddy's van for your car washing business. Yes. Yes, we had a car wash business in, in, in Miami. How much was the investment? The investment was probably like five, six hundred dollars. Got it. But at the time, but we only made like five, ten dollars a car wash. But you know what? I I bought and that, I learned business because I borrowed some of the money from my daddy, but I never paid my daddy back because mm. he wasn't making no money. Because mm. by the time we fed our gas and we went to the store and ate, we really ain't make nothing. Okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I guess my dad said I was trying. Yes. He said, just go, you know, just do. But when I think about it, I said, well, we wasn't making no money. He had to do that so you can build the muscle. Yeah. And then we got with a hustler, mm -hmm. Harold, mm -hmm. his cousin, a hustler. <laughs> he was a hustler, man. He's a Dade County hustler. Mm -hmm. He don't want to just get out and talk trash and ain't going to wash the car. Hey, over here. Bring the car. We washing all day. And we the ones washing. <laughs> but you got the business. Right. Because he taught us like, listen, you got to go get it. You got to go. I got my van. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to set up out here. And one thing I learned about Harold is he didn't mind people laughing at him. Mm. He didn't mind the people thinking that he's a joke. Because you could think I'm a joke when I'm making the money. Right. Mm. And so that's what I seen. I said, dang. So no matter what people picking on you, they think that things are not working in your life, but you they're gonna be the joke at the end. Mm. And so when I seen that, I said, I got it. I got it. I learned everything at every every point of my life, right? And that's what I learned. That's dope. When you say that, um, I think about a lot of motivational speakers, mm -hmm. especially the ones who've been told no. Right. Or the ones who've been told you're too stupid, <clears throat> right? Mm -hmm. You can't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, what's your relationship with people telling you you can't do it or people telling you you can do something or believing in you? It's motivation. I mean, I don't, I can't. I Either can't. way. Like, so, but I'm saying like in your, in your story, because uh, in my story, sometimes I, I don't necessarily, um, or actually there have been times when people tell me no, right? Mm -hmm. um, in your story, growing up as mm -hmm. you're trying to make something of yourself, mm -hmm. did you find, not in sales, but more so as a person, Right. People telling you, oh, you're going to be great. Right. Or people saying, hey, you know, you might want to second guess that. I, I remember I remember one of my, my friend's grandfather, he told me, he gave me some good advice too. But you got to think about it. Don't take all advice as negative. Mm. Just learn from it, right? I told him what I wanted to do. He said, boy, you don't know, you don't know nothing about that, boy. You don't know nothing. You need to get under somebody and learn. I'm saying, dang, I'm a young man trying to do something good. Mm -hmm. Why did he knock me down? But what he was telling me was, just find somebody that know what they're doing in that field mm -hmm. and let them coach you, right? And so, another time was when <clears throat> I was training to go to college and I was waiting for a scholarship. And there was an administrator, his name was Stephen Cohen, Mr. Cohen. Mm -hmm. And I was working out and he told me on the field, he said, Bostick, it's a lot of people on this team, but you 
are going to be successful in something other than football. And I took that. I said, man, nah, I'm going to be a football player. Mm-hmm. But he told, I don't know what he saw, but he told me that. He said, you're going to be successful in something other than football. Don't worry about this. But it stayed with me, and that helped me throughout life. Because every time that football knocked me down, bro, you're going to be something successful other than football. You're going to be successful other than football. Boom, it just kept resonating. Mm-hmm. And then when it finally clicked, when I wasn't chosen, why did I get in the industry that I got to be picked to be successful in? Yeah. That was a bad business model anyway. Because you determine my success, if I'm good, if I'm going to stay on the team, or if I'm not. As a child, I didn't realize that. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's why I did that the nonprofit I showed you. Mm-hmm. That's why I created stuff like that to get people out of the site. People in the NFL, their hardest time is being out of the NFL and not having the fame no more. Because they don't know how to cope. Right. Because they don't have those success measures, like you said. Yeah. At the point where they go into the at the point where they get into the NFL, they've made it all the way through the checkpoint mm-hmm. without deciding what does success look like for me. They mm-hmm. don't set those predetermined goals. Right. What happened for you is you got the no and you said, okay, I didn't get that predetermined goal. Mm-hmm. So how do I restructure my situation? And then because right. your mentor planted that seed, you're going to be successful in something else. There you go. One of our best friends, he, he made it to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Antoine Bourne, he made it to the league. Mm-hmm. And that day he got drafted, I said, man, go do what you got to do. And I didn't. I said, you go do what you got to do. I'll meet you on the other side. Facts. And do you not know? When he retired from the NFL, my business was successful. Now he got money to invest, and now we're going to 10x what we got. Yeah. Just do what you got to do. You hustle and grind. Let me do what I got to do, and I'm gonna meet, we're going to meet at the end. And that's what it's about. Yeah. Speaking of which, you mentioned your nonprofit. Mm-hmm. I'm, such, I'm such a huge proponent of social entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. right? Um, hearing about you building a program to help young people mm-hmm. get out of that brainwashing of like just just get to the nfl and you'll be successful what was your what was your thought process behind building a nonprofit to help young people uh build life skills as opposed to just get to the nfl me not making it you built that after you got to know about the nfl at the college when i didn't get drafted really yeah okay so what what was the process you were just sitting down and you're like hey I, I said I gotta something. do something. Okay. You know, you know, you know what really, you know what, a, what, a, what it was. My degree was in sport management. Okay. And nobody was hiring. Mm-hmm. So I said I need to build my own resume. I need to do stuff for free and put it on film. That's why I showed you. Mm-hmm. So when I go to these people, I say, Hey, look, this is my resume. This is what I bring to the table. So when they hire me, they're not hiring somebody that they gotta teach a mold. They hiring somebody that already has a vision and can help them move their business. Dwayne Bow, one thing, one thing about me, if you put me in a room, I'm going to work that room. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Bow, he was a, a, a wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs, right? They had a sports camp and they had this, this company uh, and they brought, he brought me in a room. He sat me down with one of the owners of the room. The owner said, hey, listen, can we bring you on? You work for our company. Dwayne told me, he said, Alice, come work for me. I'll move your whole church at the time to wherever we go because mm-hmm. I need you. I said, nah, man, I can't do that. And then I realized, I said, you know what? You got the vision. You got the passion that people don't got. They don't see it. Right? And so I said, you know what? Dang. 
This man rid of me. He went with my whole family. This is my high school teammate now. Mm-hmm. And this company who was sponsoring him wanted to hire me. So I said, what are you doing? You need to use that. You need to maximize that. You need to leverage the room. So, yes, I created that nonprofit. But it was, there was not an opportunity for people wanting to hire me. So I had to make that and I had to build my resume. Mm. Like, you want to be in social well, social entrepreneurship. Right. Yeah. You, you're building that resume right now. Facts. Because you're interviewing me on that. Absolutely. So when people say, look, hey, look, check out this episode. Absolutely. Check out this episode. This is what I did. Oh, shoot. You're doing this? Let me do this. That's It's all about leverage and getting what you... You understand what you want. A lot of people don't understand what they want. I was on live this morning, and somebody asked me, like, what do you think? How do I do this? I said, just stop. What do you want? Yeah. Is it the money? Is it the fame? Do you want a successful business? Mm-hmm. Figure out what that is and write that down and then go from there. Okay. Can we talk a little bit about um, being like, so you're a man, you're a wolf, you're a man, and you mm-hmm. got your wolf at home raising right. the kids, right? Mm-hmm. As a as a female wolf, right? Mm-hmm. Um, knowing what I want. And this is this is also for the women who watch this show, right? Mm-hmm. Please don't. I hope you're not going. Well. Thank you. Man. I don't know where we're going. Hey, hey I saw one of your lives. <laughs> I saw one of your lives, and you actually were talking about uh, you were talking about being the man that you needed to be in your relationship, so that these other men out here, well, so anybody, if you ever were to pass away, they were gonna have to stand up to the oh, yeah. to the standard. Oh yeah, he can't stay in my house. Right. So 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 as long as women are single, and this is not a this is not a, a relationship question. It's more of a young entrepreneur question, uh-huh. and it's a question about knowing what you want. Okay, you got women out here who know what they want in business, right. but they also want to be in a relationship. Yeah. They want to find a wolf. They also want to be in a relationship with a wolf. Right. What's the strategy, right, to like find a wolf? Right. What are what are wolves looking for? Mm-hmm. When it comes what, to f- what a fe- what a female is looking for in men. No, what is a male wolf looking for in a female? And a female wolf. Mm. Everybody's different, mm-hmm. right? You asking me that question, I'm gonna give you my answer. All right. All right. I want somebody that's a nurturer. Hey y'all, let me tell you about my friends at Run the World Clothing. Run the World is a community empowerment brand that chooses to educate on black history, black culture, and black radical thought through apparel and experiences. Run the World is a vessel to celebrate the black experience for our black people and our allies. And I have on one of their latest pieces from this season's collection. So if you haven't seen Run the World Vic's episode on the Work and Play podcast, go check it out or go to their website to check out some of their apparel. Now let's get back to the episode. Right. Somebody that's a nurturer and still have a drive, right? My wife, she wanted to be a nurse in college. Mm-hmm. And she had a drive to do something. I saw that in her. And she was the oldest, she was the oldest of eight brothers and sisters. So I seen she was a nurturer. Mm. And I knew I saw her mom and I saw her grandmother. They're beautiful women. So I say, if she gets old, she's going to look like that. <laughs> so you got to think, right? Kings are strategic on who they marry or who they're around, mm-hmm. right? Then I seen that she don't like to hang around people. Then I realized she did not want me to make it to the NFL. Because she said, if you made it to the NFL, you're going to forget me. Mm-hmm. That's what her mindset was. So. Mm-hmm. So there's certain characteristics that I see that's a nurturer. You could be a provider, but at the end of the day, 
already knew in my mind, already knew in my mind that my wife was not going to work. Okay. My wife has never worked a job mm -hmm. a day in her life. Mm. Every once in a while, she'll get this feeling to say, I want to do something for myself, and she'll go do something home. And she should get on the phone, do a little calls. But at the end of the day, you don't have to rely on that to survive. So, so to looking at that, it depends on that person. That's what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. You can have your own, but at the same time, you got to be able to be submissive and let the man lead. Mm -hmm. A lot of women don't want to let the man lead. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side of that, as a woman, you need to pick the right man that's showing you the characteristic of being a wolf. You don't need a sheep in wolf's clothing. It's backwards. <laughs> <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Because right. you got to realize when the road meets the road, mm -hmm. what we going to do? Yeah. What we going to eat? Yeah. I can't be eating. Oh, yeah, I'm waiting on my corporate buddy to call who's in my fraternity. He's going to give me a job. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't say that on camera. <laughs> it's all good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nigi is Nigus, Nigus for kings, for emperors. There we go. So you spoke that. So <laughs> what? What if you don't mm. get out there and go wash some cars, go cut some grass? They pride. You need to find a man with that characteristic, that that dog in them, mm -hmm. right? Well, not not dog in the other sense, but still that that grit. You know what I'm saying? So as a man, you want that woman that's gonna be able to be that nurturer for. Because when you have kids, what's gonna happen? As business, and to be honest with you, I may lose a lot of people, and you may lose a lot of viewers. But as men, as as successful partners, mm -hmm. we can't rely on daycare and our maids to raise our kids mm -hmm. in schools. We lose the nurturing part that got you where you was at. Mm. Because you see the ground of your mother and your father, right. the struggle, mm -hmm. and they try to push you, but they with you every day. Yeah. But as a CEO, what happens is you get so successful and make money, you push them off on society to raise. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. Can't do that. You got to spend time with your kids. Mm -hmm. You got to do this. You got to do that. But yes, that's what those are qualities I look for. Call a virtuous woman. I love it. That get up. When I need breakfast, hey, baby, we got to get some breakfast. Mm -hmm. I ain't trying to slave. Well, you're trying to be alone the rest of your life. Mm. Yeah, you you coming with it. Hey, but I, I I believe it. If you want to be a wolf, you want to find a wolf. Now, if you want to find a lion, that's a whole other thing. Lions. Lion, listen. <laughs> lioness. Yes. Right? Because you got to think about a lioness, right? Mm -hmm. You know who do a lot of the hunting? The lioness. She get out and she go get it. Yeah. But in order for a king to take that pride, mm -hmm. he got to show that he's going to protect them. That's a fact. That's a fact. And when somebody come in a miles or radius, mm -hmm. you're going to stand up. You're going to do something. Facts. You can't jump up. Somebody breaking in the house like, hey, baby, go get your gun. Right. No, you got to be that person to jump in the front of them. That's a fact. So before lying, that's a, a king coming to pride, he going to. She gonna fight. She gonna test them. Yeah, that's the dating process. Yes, not mating or we in the bed. That's the let me test you. Mm -hmm. Let me see what you are gonna do in this situation. Because at the end of the day, if you gonna fold like up like a chair, I don't need you. And I tell my wife sometimes. I said, "Wait, what's up, baby? Where you at?" Like you said, I need to look in your eye. Where you at? Mm -hmm. You know what we gotta do. 
All right, baby, we with you. Let's roll. Yeah. Because I think we got to get these cubs out of this pride. We got to make them happen. Then we can do what we want to do at the end. Absolutely. So, speaking of which, we have a lot of us women out here looking to find their criteria in the wolf, right? Mm -hmm. And the, taking it back to how I even became aware of you, it was the straight, the, it was the 15 minutes of you sharing how you got into becoming. Seconds. 15 seconds, right, right, of you sharing how you um, became uh, Rick Ross's uh, head, of, head of security, right? right? So, if you would, like, help us understand the play. You gave 15 seconds of just, like, what, what it was. What it was. What was the play, <clears throat> right, that right. you said you were going to run? Because, to add a little context, you've been in Atlanta since 2009. Right. How long have you been head of security? Uh, since uh, about... Two, three years. What's okay. Yeah. Got it. So, yeah. as much as you can share about the play, right? When mm -hmm. it comes to, like I said, what you share, share right. was just keeping keeping your values, but also knowing the play. So, can you share just what what was the play? How you know what's you... going to end up happening? Like this could always be my pivotal moment. Like people always want to know. <laughs> I, I get asked this all the time, <laughs> but I mean it's fine because people say trust the process, but they never do it. Mm -hmm. So this was the play. The play was, I told you in my job that I work security and I got fired. Mm -hmm. I started my own business and I got fired. So now that I'm out of the business, I can tell you what happened. Mm -hmm. I took my vacation time and I started my trucking company and my pallet company. So I already had something. And then once it started running, you know what I did? I resigned. Okay. So I resigned from my job, mm -hmm. but they called me back. They wanted me to work. I said, oh, shoot. Okay. I came back to the company I left from, but mine got my business going. So what ended up happening was they ended up firing me. Again? No, I resigned the first time. Got it. They fired me the second time. Got it. Yeah. I was told I was too good. Mm. I said, what? But I realized that it was time for me to grow. Mm -hmm. So the day that I got fired is the day I started my security company. That's why I encourage people to start. Don't wait till you get fired. Don't wait till a recession comes. You need to start something. So I started my security company and I started waiting but what happened was people started to call me because they knew their social media security and they liked the job that I did, mm -hmm. right? So let's talk about some things I did while I was at that company. I helped create a security plan from the National Civil Human Rights Center down, downtown Atlanta. That's the Royal School of Coke. Okay. That's what I did there. Mm -hmm. I coordinated special events with uh, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama when they came and spoke at Morehouse. And she spoke at uh, Georgia uh, on Camp Creek. I did that. The International Airport, uh, International uh, Hartsfield International Airport, I created a security plan and details for the international part of the airport and the parking deck. I did that while I was there. Not getting paid to do it, I did it. I created a whole map on how the parking deck looked from Excel, spread, from Excel spreadsheet. Mm. The parking deck used that to this day. Really? Yeah, because nobody ever laid out how to find a car. Mm -hmm. They always say you parked on 4B. Yeah. Where is 4B? Right. So I created an Excel spreadsheet. They only had one post on the wall. I took that and I created it. So that people can figure out how to get to their car. And every employee can have it. Mm. So they started to use that. Okay. So I was creating things. So, mm -hmm. um, so when people seen what I did after I left the company, they always say, where's Alex? Where's Boston? He's going on, he got his own company. And so they start to call. Mm -hmm. So now I got that. Not on, hey, let me work for you. I got that on the merits of my work. People start to call. Okay. Fast forward, that same company, um, 
Rick Ross team called them. Say we look no, he called the attorney. Mm -hmm. The attorney called them, called one of his partners, and the the, the company, uh, one mark man, Rick. I appreciate Rick because Rick, he, he's a humble guy, and he's about his business. He said we don't don't want to take on that, or we don't want to do it. But I got somebody you can call. He called me. He said, Bostic, such and such is looking for security. Uh, he called Clarence. Clarence called me. So Clarence. Clarence was my manager at mm -hmm. All One. Mm. And Clarence had a, we had a weird relationship. <laughs> we good friends, but, but hate each other in business. And he's the one who, did, well, is he the one who fired you the second time? He's part of the reason. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we close friends right now. Yeah. And the owner of that company, we do business together. She actually spoke at the Boss Up Conference. Wow. Miss Mary Parker. Mm-hmm. And you said they said they, you were too good. So now it all makes sense. I mean, yeah. But mm -hmm. she came and spoke. So when he called me, I told him, I said, you do know I know him, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't want no conflict or saying. But I still had to get the contract. Facts. So I still had to get it. So what ended up happening was Renee called me, his sister. She said, hey, we're looking for, I got your number from my attorney. We want you to go ahead and, and apply for the job and, and see if you get it. The bid, the bid process. So he said, you can do a walkthrough. Mind you, I went to his house before and I used to just stand in front of the gate. I said, man, just tell the security guard you know him, man. I said, I never did it. I just drove off every time. So it's something about that house and that gate. People drive by mm -hmm. and they have visions because that's what he did. Mm. He stayed in the house around the corner. He used to drive by that house all the time. Well, Holyfield had it. Mm -hmm. Or the bank had it. Mm -hmm. Then he saw a red sign saying for sale. That's when he got it. What that house does is tells people that you can dream and you can go get it. Mm. And it's in the perfect spot. Not, oh, yeah. to, not to deviate, but it's in the perfect because it's on the south side. Oh, yeah. I grew up in the south side. Wow. So when I drove around and the lights are just Christmas time, oh, yeah. you just, like, it, now it reminds me, like, you just know that. Pop, like things are possible. A mansion right down the street from your house. That looked like the White House at night. Facts. Yeah. And so that's why he named it. One of the reasons he named it the promised land. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, so what ended up happening was I did the whole process. Mm -hmm. I went to the house. I was dressed because I said, I'm going to meet Will. That was a good call. I'm going to meet him, man. I finally finna meet him. And he wasn't even there. I said, dang. I was with my partner, Tomcat. Tomcat took me around the property and showed me. And Clay, one of my other partners, security partners, he was with me as well. I'm doing a walkthrough, but this is what I do in my sleep. Mm -hmm. I can do a security assessment in my sleep like this. I tell you where your threats and weaknesses are at all times, just like this. So, And I didn't meet him. And I turned in the, uh, the proposal, but I didn't hear nothing back from her in two to three weeks. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, like, Alex, pull a card. Mm -hmm. Call them and tell them who you are. Okay. You're going to get the job. Mm -hmm. It's not about what you know is who you know. Right. But I said, nah, I don't want to do business like that. Mm -hmm. Let me let it play out. And I, I totally forgot about it. I said, man, I didn't get it. And then she called me. She said, you got the job. I said, oh, man. I said, I appreciate it. And so I just want to let you know I've been in your family a long time. She said, what? She said, what? I said, I've been in fact. She's like, what are you talking about? I said, this is Alex, Alex Boston. She said, what? Alex? What? She hung up the phone in my face. She hung up the phone. She she called uh, her mom. Because I told you I was a PK. Yeah. It my dad pastored her mom in Miami. Mm -hmm, mm, mm, right? Mm -hmm. And 
my brother played football with, and she called Will. Both of us like, why you just didn't tell us? I said, I did not want to get the job on what on who I know I wanted to earn my way. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And so that's how I ended up getting the job. Then after that, the business mindset on what I got and ideas, that's how we started to develop and saying, look, these are things we can do to help people. Because mm -hmm. entrepreneurs, so by being security, right, one thing I told you what to do. Remember I gave you the scenario on uh, what do you want to do? Yes. You say hair care products. Right. I said go work for them. Mm -hmm. Right. Security is a business that you get access to stuff that people can't get access to. True. So I'm behind the scenes. I'm learning everything. Mm -hmm. So being behind the scenes security, when I go out, I'm with him doing photo shoots and I'm watching. Hey, man, whatever we can do to help. How you can help us. So I follow up like this is what you can do. Mm hmm we having a conference, you can help us out because we get them to the entrepreneurs, we get the entrepreneurs to them. That's what the Boston Conference is about, putting wow. people in the room. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they need help too. They're trying to reach more people. Absolutely. How do we do it? They have mastered it because that's their environment. Got it. So they have mastered it, you're trying to reach it, and they're trying to master what you got mm -hmm. to leverage to a broader balance. All they need is a room to come meet at. Right. And celebrities, they don't know who to trust to give money to invest or somebody to they're going to work for. Right. So we create the room for everybody to win. And it levels the playing field. And we cut all the faults, the fraud out of the room. Mm. So you are learning, like you're learning behind the scenes. So you're already really good at security. Mm -hmm. You're learning behind the scenes how to move in these, in these spaces. Oh, yeah. And then you identify an area of need like hey we need to like level the playing field for entrepreneurs and oh, yeah. celebrities and corporations oh yeah so w at what point did the relationship start to change you said you knew what you you knew what you knew in security and then mm -hmm. you started to talk about business ideas so right. at what point did you say okay well we're going to change this relationship from me just being security mm -hmm. to me being business me trying to get outside my room mm-hmm you you seen this house you seen that fountain in front of his house mm-hmm Right, that fountain, that fountain was having issues and troubles. Okay. And I said, I told him, I said, I can get that fountain working for you. He said, Do it. He said, How much is it gonna be? So I'm rounding up people, and there was a guy. He sat outside the gate. He said, Man, everybody you meet, they always worked on at the house. Yeah, man, I used to do this. I used to do that. I used to do this. Yeah, man, I put in the piping system. They always did something at the house. I used to work for Holyfield. I did uh, whatever. So what ended up happening was, I said I can get that fountain working, mm -hmm. and and I put it out of my mouth. He said, "How much is it?" And I told him how much it was because that's exact. Whatever the amount is, I don't put nothing on. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. That's why you're doing business. You don't put no extra on it. You tell people what the play is. If they want to give you extra, that's on them. Mm. You get what I'm saying? If this your partner, you don't put no extra on it. You tell them to play, and you see how things work out. So I told them the amount. The project was taking long. COVID was in effect. Okay. Parts weren't coming in. He don't want to hear no excuses. Why the fountain ain't working? <laughs> he called me one day. He said, you tell them I want all my money back. I said, all the money is into the thing. So in my mind, I'm like, dang, I'm going to have to come up with the money to fix the fountain. <laughs> You get what I'm saying? I'm so, 
<laughs> and so I'm saying like, dang man, this this thing I was doing a good deed, and I Miss Esther Hammond, she told me no good deed. She was my HR person at FI, at uh, FIU at uh, that's the college I went to mm. at All in One. Okay, and she was also one of my mentors. Mm-hmm. She taught. She was the HR person at Delta Airlines, mm. so she ran it. So she used to tell me the ins and out. One thing I remember her saying: no good deed goes unpunished. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it means. I still don't know what it means, <laughs> but I know what the scenarios mean because I'm always in it. Okay. When you do a good deed, it seems like something always bad to go in it. You know, I said, see, no good deed goes unpunished. Yeah. So what ended up happening was, I said, I was doing a good deed trying to get the fountain working. Now it's not working out. Now I'm back in the, the hole. I said, nah, bro, we ain't finna do this. Mm-hmm. So I said, I found other ways to make things happen. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you may see the fountain posted up on his story. He is sure running. And in my mind, and I'm gonna show you what I'm talking about after the interview. In my mind, that is success. Cause I see it and every time it's working, every movie see, every video that come, they say, hey, we need a fountain on Mm-hmm. So that's why that fountain is like, that's my baby. So I got two questions then. One, how did you get the fountain to work? And then two, what we, what was the idea that you came up with to get the money <laughs> that you owed back? No, I just I just got on them and I said expedited the process. Mm. And I I brought in an expert to get things faster. Okay. It wasn't the fact that the fountain wasn't working. It was the fact of the lights inside of the fountain. Mm-hmm. It was hard to make because COVID. Mm. You can't explain that to a billionaire. A millionaire, right. You can't explain that. Mm-hmm. I need it working. All they know is all off. <laughs> <laughs> you needed to get it off. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's like clap on. The lights on or off. Okay. This either working or it's not. This needs to be moved or it's not. So getting in this getting in this kind of industry, you don't want to be in this industry. People say, I want to work. I say, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. This this is a short industry. Mm-hmm. You get ate up in this industry. But in it, I think I'm building, I'm learning. You can't say I'm learning. You got to keep going. Yeah. And Renee, she's a shark. His sister? Oh, man. She's a... Woo! <laughs> 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 If something goes wrong, say, boy, you gotta call you gotta call Mississippi. You, I gotta make that call. And listen. Ooh, you don't call her. But you got I, I'm learning. Mm-hmm. If you want to be successful, you can't be a failure. You gotta attack it. And when you wrong, say, I messed up. Right. Messed but you up. didn't have the necessarily the time to say I messed up, so you had to expedite the process. Nah, no you, excuses. You, yeah, yeah, because this this is what you're gonna be known for. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna be known for a person of excuses and messing up? Mm-hmm. Or are you gonna be known for a person that did things done? So once you got it done, is that when you he was open to you proposing? Not open. It's just that he started giving me tasks and they started being ah because you were able to make it work. Right. It came to a place where he was like, "Hey, what's going on? Right. I want my money back." You said, "No, I'll make it work." Right. You expedited the process. Right. He saw you come through. Make it happen. And he started to trust you in other ways. Right. That's a gift and a curse. Because <laughs> now you're gonna be doing all this. Call Alice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Other people start to, hey, mm-hmm. hey, Alex, can you do this? Yeah. So that's why I, I created a website, everythingbostick.com. Mm. Because if I could do everything, I'm, I'm, I connect people. Yeah. So that's what the conference is all about. I connect people. Wow. So when David, when David, hey, David say, hey, Alex, what about this? 
Do do do. Alright, cool. I'm gonna make it happen. Hey Marcus, Marcus call. Hit by hundred. Hey, Alice, you know, Trap call. Hey, what's up with this? April Mason call. My op call. Yeah. So that's what I do. I create that room. Yeah. I create that Rolodex for what you need, I go get it. Wow. And if I can't find it, I'm gonna give you somebody that can. Yeah. That's what I that's what I take pride in. That's my passion. Mm-hmm. Helping people when they need something. Mm. People with money, it's not about, you know, money can buy things, but if you can't make that phone call access, right? The yeah. biggest thing we deal with is gatekeepers. Sometimes you got gay people that don't let you in and make things happen, man. These gatekeepers are very cruel. But I say, listen, let's 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 do the whole movement. Hippie town, whatever they need. L.S. Millie, Derek, uh, 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 David, whatever. All the members, uh, Damian Watts. It just it just goes on and on. April Mason, April Watts, all of them. We're a family. So it's like, this is what I need. This is what we can help. This is what we do. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, Big Harrison, the NFL player. Whatever we need, we get it done. Mm. Josiah, what you need? What you do? Swim motion. We got people make movies. You get what I'm saying? I'm Show. Sure. We got a dog trainer. You need to protect what you need. You get what I'm saying? So it's yeah. all about getting to the bag, getting to the money. Brittany, she, Brittany do she do uh, uh, health clinics herself. So it's connections. Anything someone needs, it's all things Bostic. Everything. You, everything you need. All things, all things Bostic. No, everything Bostic. Everything Bostic. There you go. Dot com. That's what that's the website. I, and I ain't even got nothing on it already, but I put it. I already put it in motion. Absolutely. I get my team on there and say, "Go ahead and do it." Absolutely. But that's what I'm passionate in helping people in situations. Mm-hmm. And I want to get things done. You say, "Look, this is what I need," and I do it. And my wife sit back and say, "Just when I thought you were just calming down, you go get another business." Yeah, but the cool thing about this next business is you, in a way, get to consolidate all your resources, all the different ways that you can like connect different people. It goes into one phone, and then you can consolidate your energy. Absolutely, this this boss up conference family will help change the world. Period. Absolutely, hands down. Yeah, we're bringing the best people in the room mm. and making these things happen. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And Rose, he already a master marketer, but what these members sparking me? Oh man, when you tell me you're making a million dollars a month, oh bro, what am I doing? Yeah. You follow what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I feel like this entire story comes to a, a really cool combination of like you having all these different businesses, you being a wolf, you being like in all these different situations, you kind of growing up, having a little bit of entrepreneurial background. Mm-hmm. Figuring out how do you duplicate yourself really early on. Right. Then the lesson comes back. You're trying to figure out how to do that as an entrepreneur. Right. All these different stories are like really making you who you are. Mm-hmm. And they're that's why you introduce yourself as a wolf. Yeah, it's I'm Alexander Bostic. I'm a wolf. It's not the I can't. Thing. I can't brand me. I don't know. When I talk to Donnie, Donnie said, well, well, who are you? What do you want to become? I said, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm a wolf. I'm, I'm whatever I need to do to make the kill to make them thing happen. My mom told me, man, plan your work, work your plan. That's all I know how to do. I feel you, but I think what's the the sentiment that I'm re- that I'm receiving right now? You maintain order. Like when mm-hmm. it comes to entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. everybody talks about being a lion, mm-hmm. right? The difference when I say the difference between a lion and a wolf, I believe is values, is order, is value. Also, a lion sleep twenty three hours out the day. And they wake up for the kid and they go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. And they let the female go do all the work. Mm-hmm. Right? 
But when it's time to fight, the lion fights. Mm -hmm. But you have to be a hybrid of different animals, mm -hmm. right? That's why the eagle is the 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 bird and the animal of the conference, because nothing flies higher than the eagle. Mm. You gotta have somebody on the ground, and you gotta have somebody. Nothing up. flies higher than the eagle. No. I can deal with stuff up here, and I can come down and deal with you. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to do. And you ever seen an eagle throw a goat off a cliff? <laughs> no. Go go YouTube it. Really? Yeah. YouTube eagle throws goat off cliff. Mm -hmm. That's how the eagle eat. I learned that from a raw. Are you cliff. serious? Cliff, yeah. Because what happens is they grab the goat and they throw them off the cliff. That's how they break up the meat. Wow. So as the goat is bouncing off of the cliff, mm -hmm. boom, it's breaking up the meat. Mm -hmm. So by the time it gets to the bottom, they got an easy kill. I got you. So what we're doing, we're just breaking up the meat. We're breaking up this whole pie yeah. so that all everybody in the conference can eat. I got you. So Donnie's question, Donnie's question might be a little different, right? Where mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you branding yourself. Um, but what you do know is the one question that you have to ask yourself at, before you run any play is, what is it that you want, right? Mm -hmm. So when you think about, you know, your Saturdays being the most sacred day, right? Because that's mm -hmm. your family. Mm -hmm. And then you know all your skill sets, everything that you have, you're bringing to 2021 mm -hmm. and after the pandemic. You're touching all these people who have lots of pocketbooks and mm -hmm. lots of... And all my business made it through COVID. All of them. Well, see, and that's the thing. Considering all of those things, what is it that you want, right? And if you could get what you want, would you let go of any of the other businesses or do they all serve to what it is that you want? You ask me, what do I want? Mm -hmm. Oof. That's going to have to be another broadcast. Mm. I'll give you this answer. Let's go. I want everybody around me to win. Mm -hmm. I always tell my, my partner, I say, you need to make what I make. Only reason I make more is that you have to duplicate me. And that's why I get on them. Man, I'm trying to... And, and to tell you, he'd be like, man, I didn't... He, he, he always sent me a text. He said, it always starts off like this. Alice, without getting mad, just let me... <laughs> I'll get mad because my thing is you should know what I want. Mm. I'm training. I'm trying to, bro. I need to move to do this, so you need to do this. You get what I'm saying? So, True. but you know what happens though? Mm. When I get cut down from my raw, from people I'm a child with, with Rose, that's what they say, bro. You should know. Mm -hmm. And I say, God, dog. So I'll be a little more compassionate when I'm talking to it. Cause I want them to be compassionate to me. Right. My pastor, I'm like, dang, dang. Cause I'm also assistant pastor. Mm. Yeah. At the way y'all synagogue, I'm also assistant pastor. Yep. That's why you mentioned taking your church to the next to the My next synagogue. Yeah. 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 So that's what I do now. That's my goal. But at the end of the day, I'm well grounded because that allows me when I want to do this, my team got my back, mm -hmm. and I pay them as such. Mm -hmm. I tell them I will pay them a dollar every contract they get on security. So if you get a thousand hour contract during a week, you get paid that and you ain't got to do no work. If you don't go get it, and I'm lying. Nope. So if you don't go get it, something. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to provide things in the room to make you succeed, period. Mm, okay. Whatever I made, all my workers made, the key people in that's in my organization, they make more that I made work in security. Mm -hmm. I got you. And I'm lying? 
Mm. Okay. That's what it's about. Yeah. You got to, Rose always said, he said, you got to strengthen your circle. If you got to empower your circle. Because if your circle keep asking you for stuff, I don't got nobody around me begging. Because if you're around me, you should be grinding with me. If you beside me, you I respect me. you. Don't respect mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. If you behind me, I'm gonna protect you. Yeah. So everybody want to ask me for something. Obviously, you ain't get the picture. And you ain't trying to work with me. And you got people that don't know about you, but there's certain ways you got to get in. I got to be able to help people. That's how I continue to grow. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. This this has been a spectacular interview. Oh man! Yeah, I told you that before you started. You did, and but I didn't know how. Listen, You didn't know how either. Who me? Oh, I, I mean, sometimes we know, but we don't know the nah, how. No, because you know why? You know how? Because mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna give you my all. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you my best. When I give person my best, oh, it's, it's nothing but successful will come out of it. Right. And when I set my intention, I set my intention to be the best that I can. Open That's my it. ears, listen, and we get in That's here. That's it. You're a student of the game. How we actually met was I just came to Social Proof Podcast to go social support to Dave, and then I met you. Mm-hmm. And out of whatever reason, I said, let's do an interview. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? So yeah. you keep grinding. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having This is actually my first podcast. I never wanted to do them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got so many gems, though. So and, and you know what? I'm going to before we get up out of here, we have to end with a gem because um, the Work and Play podcast was was designed through my own idea mm-hmm. of what life I want to create for myself. I've spent my whole career in a cubicle. When I say work and play, mm-hmm. I want to be able to be a wolf, enjoy my life, mm-hmm. make money at the same time, and never feel like I'm really like sacrificing my freedom ever again. Mm-hmm. So for the folks who are still in the cubicle, right? Folks who still had a nine to five. They want to be a wolf or they want to be something close to it. They want to be at least a worker for a wolf and they can make more, more money doing what they do in their job. Why do you have to leave a cubicle? Because I believe a cubicle is confining. So what if you make $200,000 in a cubicle? Would the, you leave? Well, when you think about it, yeah, because the passion and the purpose. And if you don't feel like what you're doing is serving a purpose, then it mm-hmm. doesn't matter how much money you but make. Why don't you take that money and then do it? Do that service on the outside, but still keep getting that money. That's a good question. If that's the strategy, then that's the strategy. Because I think so. at the end of the day, a lot of people's strategy is to make money. Well, see, you said that in the beginning, right? Right. You said that in the beginning. That's why you ended up with four businesses. Right. What happens a lot of times in corporate is when you spend a lot of time so far from impact, mm-hmm. you've done a lot of things in your life that feeds you in your right. soul. For me, I woke up when I realized I had a soul, when I created the career readiness program, right. and I realized I can teach young people how to develop their own system of increasing their socioeconomic status. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get that in a cubicle. But you, you, And wait a minute, you, you said, what would you do for free? I would do that for free. So I decided to leave the cubicle in order to find a life mm-hmm. or an ecosystem and create mm-hmm. an ecosystem around that. You've created an ecosystem around mm-hmm. your passion. Right. And so for people who want to do that. So what if you had a boss that gave you everything you wanted and allowed you to do what you want to do? You still leave? Yeah, I actually would. Wow. I mean, I you know what we go, You know what I'm afraid of? What's going to end up happening? Hmm. We're going to go back to the beginning of time. Hmm. Because everybody's going to end up bartering. It's not going to be about the money. We're going to develop so many entrepreneurs that nobody don't want, not going to even want to work for you. Why are you afraid of that? Because you're not going to have no employees. Well, see, that's the thing. 
everybody is not necessarily so even if your entrepreneurial mindset even if you're entrepreneurial minded mm -hmm. you can work for a person who respects the entrepreneurial grind so when you say a boss right there are certain part there are certain restrictions that you get in corporate that you might not get working for you right mm -hmm. you might allow them to creatively think about something hey you got a good idea bring but it to you but you will become corporate eventually you're going to become big if the entrepreneur gets big enough that's a tr that's true right and so and what's going to happen is inevitable. You, you're going to be the enemy of your own success we so there was a book we read this in um the one thing right okay. and uh, what he said was every entre every entrepreneur gets to a place where they start their entrepreneurial journey because they love like the hunt right. and like being an entrepreneur right? right but then they get to a place where they realize in order for me to scale I have to turn this thing into the thing that I don't really love yeah the and monster I, I I understand what you're saying but philosophically. And as it comes, as it relates to America, a lot of the Fortune 500 companies that exist today truly are a mm -hmm. like a, um, um, a reincarnation of plantations. Mm -hmm. If I were to create a, a corporation from mm. from me, it's not you, gonna don't, don't be. Make, don't make me go deep now. Hey, I go deep every day. You want me, you, you want me to go deep? I'm ready. Oh, what? <laughs> oh man! You, now, what did you just say? I said that Fortune, a lot of Fortune 500 companies today are a reincarnation or a different rendition of plantations. Okay, and what does that mean? And that means that the money that is seeded from slavery from 400 years ago, when slavery existed, okay, is, was seeded from an from an ec economic system uh -huh. that thrived off of black bodies. Now, if I become a corporation owner, if I become an owner of a corporation that lives on beyond me, okay. the ground, the foundation of my company is not going to be in plantation money. And that's at the high level. So I'm, I'm, that's what I, that is what um, understanding I have right now. Uh -huh. And that's what says, okay, even if I create a corporation, which I, I plan to, I right. believe that it's going to be grounded in my own values and mm. it won't be, a, it won't be a, representation of a slave man. Now you said you started this conversation. I ain't started this, right? All right. You started this conversation, mm -hmm. right? It's all depending on who you are and who you are working for, okay. right? You ever heard of etymology? No, I, 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 yes, but I'm not sure what it is. Etymology is with the, the history of words and how mm -hmm. words start, Okay. right? I'm a big proponent of that, right? And learning this. Yeah. So, uh, I break out words that you never even thought about, right? When I give you this word, what, what's the first thing come to mind? Help. Help. Mm -hmm. What's the first thing come to mind? Assistance. Um, support. Support. Mm -hmm. What else? Um, need. Um, servant. Serve. Serve. Yeah. Okay. So, now this is the etymology of the word help. Yeah. All right. I want you to read this. All right. You ready? Yes. Just read the first sentence. <clears throat> To help, support, uh, secure, benefit, do good, to cure, amend. Let's see. From from Germanic, I'm not sure how to say that word. So yeah, I think I did the rest of you it. You got that right. Yeah. So now, in 1856, what do you what do you think what the concern help was? I'll read that last part right there. The last part. The last part. Let's hey, see. Help wanted. Oh, okay. A domestic servant of American birth. And without Negro blood in his or her vein, is not a servant, but a help. Ooh. Help wanted is a common heading of advertisements in the North when servants are required. Help wanted. So that means you want someone without Negro, Negro blood. 
So think about it. Hmm. I'm like, that's simple for a little minute. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about that one. And that came from a book that I was reading in 1856. Mm-hmm. See, I got a whole other side of me, too. Mm-hmm. I got a side of me where I dive into history. Mm-hmm. Because history will show you how people today, how they work and they operate. Mm-hmm. When you're on a job, are you the help or are you a servant? Mm-hmm. Are you really helping this cause or are you just a worker? Just a servant, mm-hmm. right? They told you a, a help is somebody, the help is somebody without Negro blood. But if you if you got Negro blood, then you're just a slave or servant. So when you see signs that say help wanted, what are they saying? That we want to hire white people. So, and I'm not, I'm not jumping on this podcast to go, but I, I, I educate even my Caucasian people as well. Because mm-hmm. I tell them, you got to think, these are the things that we have to deal with. These are things we got to look at. Right. Right? Yeah. If somebody's saying help one, why do you think people are always saying, why are not African-Americans working in that? Brother, you got to think of the mindset on what it was before. It's not meant for you. I hear what you're saying. I know. That's so, why I'm... I see, I see, I, I see and understand, but all I'm saying is, when you're in an organization, mm-hmm. I'm not here to go history or black power. I'm just here to say, when you're inside an organization, you be that person that's a help. Yes, and not To a get thing. benefit on your goals and the company goals. I will not debate. I will not debate. I'm gonna cut it right here. We're gonna have we can have a whole other conversation off, off the podcast. Cause listen, I know you got you're a busy man, you gotta get up out of here, and you guys have that so much value in this one conversation that listen, um, what I will say is if you would like to stay in contact with Mr. Bostic, if you want to stay connected with his um, movement, or if you want to work with him, Mr. Bostic, how can they get connected with him? Um on Instagram, you can go to uh Bostic Sharoff, that's at B-O-S-T-I-C. S H A R A T H. I can be reached uh, there. And also, you can go ahead and follow the Boss Up Conference. Follow the Boss Up Conference and follow everybody that the Boss Up Conference is following because it's, gonna, it's a movement to be able to help and to be able to get things out and to link things and make uh, certain connections. You can also inf- in, uh, email us at info at thebossupconference.com. You can also do that as well. So. That's beautiful. Yeah, All just, right. I just hope this interview was beneficial. And- hey guys, it's Ariel from the Work and Play Podcast. If you're getting any value from this channel, and I mean anything from the tutorials to the podcast to the random videos that you see on this channel, then I just ask that you do one thing. Please subscribe. Subscribe and share this to anyone that you think this resonates with and drop a comment below so I know what other things that you want to see next. Now let's get back to the episode. It absolutely and, and educate people at the same time. Yes. You know, just understand the mindset just to be where we need to be at in life. Absolutely. If it, it, I'm not going to say nothing else. Y'all know what to do. Go ahead. Until next time, tune in. Catch y'all later. <laughs> Peace. All right.